Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 11 of the Parenting Aces Podcast, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we are talking food allergy safety. Leanne Mandelbaum is a fellow tennis parent and also an international advocate for keeping children with food allergies safe, both during travel, during activities, and at home. And I am so excited to give her a platform to talk about the work she's been doing and to help us all understand how we can do better to keep our athletes safe, even if they don't have a known food allergy, but maybe something surfaces in the future. So this is a really important episode for you to listen to. Please share it with the coaches and parents in your life so that we can all do a better job of keeping our athletes safe on and off the court. If you haven't become a premium member of Parenting Aces yet, I encourage you to click that join button on parentingaces.com and see what we have to offer. Also, if you are a premium member, make sure to take advantage of our complimentary consults. And I am here to help to answer your questions, to help you through the junior tennis journey and through college recruiting. So for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with tennis parent Leanne Mandelbaum. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hi, Leanne. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. It is a pleasure to meet you and connect in not real life, but virtual life other than just on Twitter. (laughs) Yes. Pleasure to meet you too. And thank you so much for having me on today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation with you about food allergies as they relate to young athletes, specifically tennis players, but you are a mom to several athletes of different sports. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? I have three children. Um, my youngest, who's the tennis player, is um, has a food allergy. He is a going to be a rising junior. I have a daughter that played D1 softball at Brown um, for college and actually then went to Columbia to get her master's and coached the Columbia undergrad softball team. So um, very cool. Kind of in her blood. And uh, my middle one played three varsity sports in high school um, and is currently a junior. Well, no, he'll be a senior at Princeton this year, but um, more an intramural athlete. And um, I'm sorry you have such dumb kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm the lowest hanging fruit in the family, I feel. But 
<laughs> yeah, I highly doubt that. And so tell us a little bit about your professional life as well. Oh, I'm actually um, a licensed physical therapist, um, currently not practiced, but still licensed in New Jersey. Um, but I gave that up when we were traveling when Josh was then eight years old and we're coming back from a vacation and there was a woman sitting behind us in the airport lounge and she heard me tell Josh he couldn't go into a store because they were making something with fresh peanut butter. And she said, is he allergic to nuts? And I said, he is. So, well, you better move because we're all going to eat peanuts here, which is perfectly fine. I appreciate the heads up. We're in the departure lounge. And I moved away, except her three kids moved with us. And they started throwing peanuts up in the air on purpose, missing them in their mouths, crushing them underfoot, pushing the dot us towards Josh and then laughing. And what? they were going to be on a flight. Yeah, I know. That's not the most horrific part of the story, believe it or not. So I went through the chain of command. Um, in Denver. And the last United manager said to me, and he looked at Josh, who was eight, and he said, well, you think he's going to die, just don't get on the plane. And we didn't get on that plane, because Josh, who had never been afraid of his food allergy, became very afraid and said, I'm only eight, got my whole life ahead of me, please don't put me on the plane, mom, I really don't want to die. And so I came home wow. from that vacation. And, and foremost in my thoughts is like, I never thought, a, I never thought about him dying from his food allergy. Um, and I also never thought about it limiting him in his life goals, meaning if we couldn't fly certain airlines safely, and even at eight, you know, he had started the tournament circuit for tennis, you know, what are, I don't want him to be limited by airline travel when he's talented and has a passion and wants to do things. And so I'm like, you know, okay, I'm in a position to do something. I'm going to do something. And I literally took out a yellow legal sketching pad and I sketched out my website. I wanted to collect stories from other families that were traveling. I wanted to have an easy link to the DOT so people could file complaints. Because the Google search I did when I came home showed that my story was one of the least egregious ones. People are actually being thrown off planes. In fact, later on in my advocacy, Dr. Hugh Sampson, who is Josh's um, allergist in New York, and he's world renowned, he said he actually had tennis players in his practice that were thrown off a plane for disclosing th their food allergy. And so, you know, this is a real situation that could happen. And I was like, that's not going to happen on my watch. We're going to change this. And so um, one of the testimonials I've collected actually led to a DOT ruling when we filed with attorney Mary Vargas and food allergy research and education, we filed a complaint against American because American Airlines actually had a policy in writing that says, if you have a peanut allergy, you can't pre-board the plane to make it safe, basically, to from past contamination. So they had that in writing. We challenged them with DOT. And so now the ruling is anywhere in the United States or any plane coming into the United States, you have the right to get on early to pre-board, clean your area if you have a food allergy. And that's because of one of my testimonials. So I'm really, no. really proud of that. And, and I think that makes it safer for Josh and other athletes with any food allergy that are traveling. Right. So let's back up a bit. How old was Josh when you discovered that he had this peanut allergy? He was two. He was and two. what happened? He, um, he actually had um, had hives when he was one from a cupcake. And we had taken him to an allergist and they had tested him and he actually tested negative to peanut and positive to egg. So luckily I had the auto injector because of his egg allergy, because they told me, and that was um, the advice given at the time, not to give him peanut till he was two, even mm -hmm. though he was not allergic, according to that, that test. 
And so he asked me when he was two, can I have a bite of your sandwich? And, you know, he wasn't, I didn't think he was allergic. And so I gave him the peanut butter sandwich and he literally went to touch it to his lip. He hadn't swallowed it or bitten it and his lip swelled to double its size. And then within 30 seconds, he had hives from head to toe. And then he started clutching his throat like he couldn't breathe. And, you know, it's panic. it's It's a scary thing when you haven't, you know, you don't have epinephrine. Right. I can't even imagine if we didn't have it because he literally was choking to death. Wow. Wow. And so now he's 16. He understands his allergy. He understands what he needs to do to stay safe, but he can't obviously, nor you can, can't control every environment, every person around him. And so how do you arm him with what he needs to stay healthy and safe when he's out in public, because it's certainly not just air travel. That's a concern. No, I mean, obviously always, 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 he has to carry at least two epinephrine auto injectors. So So um, known as an EpiPen, is that the same thing? Well, no, it's actually not. So uh, the the EpiPen is a brand that is out there. We actually use the AvaQ. It's a little smaller. It's a square and it's like the defibrillator. It talks you through the reaction. So when Josh was five, he brought it to show and tell and taught his class how to use it. That's how simple it is. Mm -hmm. So he always has one of those. And we use a case from Amazon called the Running Buddy. And it's magnetic. And so you can clip it under his shorts. There are other ones that you could put on um, your leg. Uh, sometimes he wears it in a waist pack. But no matter where he is in the world, what sport he's playing, he has to have those auto injectors on you because if you don't have them on you. They can't save you. And there and there is a lot of evidence out there that, you know, early treatment leads to the best outcome. So he also needs to learn how to read labels. Um well, he has learned, I should yeah. say, but and he has to advocate for himself. So, for example, he went away with his high school tennis team to practice this year, and he had to negotiate with the chef there. Um, I wasn't so thrilled with the conversation I had with the chef, I have to say, because he didn't seem to understand cross-contamination. But I let Josh go. I, I had faith in us providing him the skills. And so I asked him how was lunch, the first meal, and he sends me a picture of brown rice and broccoli. This is not a brown rice and broccoli kid. I mean, he'll eat them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's an odd choice for lunch. And he said, well, everything else the chef showed me seemed to have a high risk of contamination. So I think I made the right choice. Wow. And so by the next meal, the chef had made him a safe hamburger, made him safe other things. But like, he wasn't so alarmed when speaking to me, the chef, but clearly when Josh stood up for himself, and I'm so proud that that. Yeah he did that, you know, they were able to make the trip successful and, and he was able to eat with the team and, and cause you don't want, you don't want it to be the food that ruins, you know, a trip with a reaction. And, and I can tell you about a reaction he's had at a national tennis tournament. Yeah. Let's talk about been, that. Yeah. Those have been uh, learning experiences. So the first national tennis tournament he got into was in Rochester and he got in, he was, I think he was the least like the lowest ranked player that got in and he drew the number one seat. So you, you got to know how that is. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, oh, and oh, right. First yeah. match. And um, my husband decides to cheer him up in between matches and they go to Dairy Queen, which is not a place I would ever have chosen. And he did mark down, you know, that Josh had a peanut allergy and Josh had ice cream from there and he came back and they started the next match. And this is how his opponent tells it because they were on a cart 
support far away. He first he started coughing a lot for like a good 15 minutes. And then finally he took a knee and he said, I can't breathe. And so off to the ER they they went and it was cross-contamination. And when my husband went back to speak to the management there, yes, they hadn't taken steps, even though it was Mm -hmm. on there. So, you know, it it was I always talk about that experience as a blessing because we'll never he'll never go to that again right. or a chain like that again. I mean, there's just peanuts all over the place there. Cross-contamination is just too much of a risk. And so we have a, a rule unwritten now, like if you're playing in a tournament, any tournament, you know, whether it's at home or away, no new foods, no new places, Yeah, you know, it, it just, it, it's not worth it. Risk versus reward, right? So, sure. so we have those unwritten rules. We always, always, always bring our own food to tournaments just in case. My husband called me panicked from Kentucky and it was, I think over July 4th, I'm trying to remember when it was and Jersey Mike's was closed and Jersey Mike's is our go-to because it's safe and they always take precautions. You always have to check with your individual location, but it has served us well in almost every tennis tournament we've gone to all over the United States. And he's like, they're closed. It's a holiday. What am I going to do? I'm like, that's why I always send you with a suitcase of non-perishable foods, microwavable mac and cheese. Like, safe snacks, safe energy bars, like, you know, so that's what they had for dinner, both of them, you know, that Mm -hmm. night. And so you got to prepare for those kind of places not being there. So like we have a go bag now for tennis, right? (laughs) Yeah, everything we need. How common is peanut allergy? I mean, I, I remember several years ago when my kids were in elementary school and all of a sudden, you know, the notes went home the beginning of the year. There's a child in your child's class with a peanut allergy. You know, please do not send in with a whole list of no-nos, you know, to send in for snacks or for birthdays. Yeah, food allergy research and education lists it as one in 13 in every classroom. But I think the prevalence has even gone up now. So it, it's, it's pretty likely I, you're going to know somebody that, mm-hmm. that has a food allergy and not just peanut allergy. Um, milk allergy is very common as well and, and even less understood yeah. than, than peanut allergy because people think it's, you know, lactose intolerant with it, what, what if it's not. And then tree nuts, you know, almonds and the like, you know, they're not peanuts and people conflate the two. So sometimes you'll have a great peanut allergy policy on an airline and a terrible tree nut policy. And really mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like you, you, any, any food can cause anaphylaxis. And so, you know, any food allergy should be respected both on the ground and in the air. Yeah. I remember when uh, the airlines started replacing peanuts with almonds and that was supposed to be the fix, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. But you're saying for some people, the almonds are just as dangerous. Correct. Correct. Wow. So yeah, is this something? Way- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Um, Is this something that you outgrow or once allergic, always allergic? It it really depends on person to person. So Josh is not going to outgrow his peanut allergy. His numbers have continued to to rise. Some people do. Milk used to be one, I believe, that they found in childhood and then you outgrew and that's becoming less common now. Adult onset allergy, 48% of adults that have a food allergy discovered them later in life. So it's not just kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so as his parent, what do you do when Josh is away from you? Cause now at 16, I'm assuming you're not always the one traveling with him. Um, and certainly as he gets older and, you know, you told me that his goal is to play in college, there will be lots of times where Josh doesn't have a parent 
nearby to keep an eye on things, um, to be there in case of an emergency. So how do you arm him to manage his allergy and God forbid he is exposed, alert those around him as to what needs to happen? Before he went on that, well, we've taken a graded approach. Let me step back a little. So, you know, as he grew, when we would go to restaurants, I would make him order because, Mm -hmm. and then if he didn't do enough or say enough, I could correct him. Mm -hmm. Um, And as time went on, I don't have to correct him. And and now I don't speak up at all because he, he does it for himself. And we took that with the tennis as well. So last year we decided he needed to, there was a national tennis tournament. My husband and I had a wedding. And he really wanted to go. And so he went with his coach and he'd never traveled alone with his coach. Mm -hmm. So that was like huge. So I I had coach Les Smith over the house and, you know, and we have the grapefruits or, or, and, and the expired auto injectors. And I got him to practice because it's, you know, it's easy to play with the trainer, but the, the, the fruit skin approximates human skin. So, you know, he got to practice also before the school trip, the Mm. coach grabbed whoever he thought would be Josh's roommates and a couple other kids that just wanted to learn how to save him. I mean, such a wonderful team. Newark Academy has been his coach there. Um, And they all practiced as well with, and, and, you know, and Josh was in the center of it. So Mm -hmm. I think that he, you always have to train the people around and you have to make sure you have team support. Like it's really important. If you don't have a coach that supports you, especially in the high school and the traveling you know, they, they, they don't have snacks or meals that are not safe for Josh. So he's got the veto vote, so to say. And, and so they're not putting him in harm's way. Um, that doesn't happen. Like on my website, I have about 22,000 followers and uh, on Facebook. And there are just awful stories about coaches who like will serve peanuts to every player on, on, on their hands, despite being alerted of a, of a food allergy. So mm-hmm. a lot of parents, we've been blessed We've truly been blessed. Well, you've been blessed, but also there has to be something in the way that you've approached this with the people around Josh to make them open to learning and then conforming to the needs that Josh has. And so maybe you can share how you've approached this with his coaches, with his friends, with his teammates. So other parents who have kids with allergies can maybe understand a better way of handling this if it comes up with their own child. So I think that's really important. And, yeah, and you know, I, do. I, I give the same advice actually to people who have conflicts with people, uh, air, airline staff. Yeah. You know, you've got to tone it down like a confrontation where you're like, my child's going to die. My child's going to die. That only wants to get them to throw you off the plane. Number one, yeah. right? Because they don't they don't want that risk, and um, and it just gets people's feathers ruffled, whether mm-hmm. or not it's true. So being calm, I have found um, one of the one of my hacks that I've taken on since this advocacy is writing, and I write for a magazine called Allergic Living, and they've done some really good pieces on accidental exposure, children who have died. Be- being fed something, you know, mm-hmm. and I find it's easier to share that material with people than coming from me being the single mom. It's, it's better to have, you know, vetted information out there to mm-hmm. share th- than saying it myself. A- at the same time, I've never actually asked for any of his team snacks 
to be safe, even though they always have been, we've been so lucky, but all I've said is please just don't have the actual peanut Mm -hmm. there. That's going to be on everyone's hands. If it says made in a facility, he won't eat it. It won't be safe for him, but I'm not worried about you serving it to everyone else. But they've turned around and said to me, we're not taking any chances. Now it helped that he played first singles this year, but even before he did that, they were like that. I mean, so, you know, this is just a team that values him over food, which is quite frankly, how anyone should be. What what food is more important than child safety? Right. Of course. And, and I would hate their ways to approach it. Yeah. And I would hate to think that they're doing it because he's the number one singles player. I would like to, no, I was just joking. No, I know, but I mean, clearly they wanted to keep him alive this year. Yes. For that (laughs) reason, but also because he's a great human being and we don't want anything to happen to him. Um, And, and that's why I think, you know, one of the things I promote a lot on parenting aces is the need for good, clear communication. And what whether it's between the parent and the coach, the player and the coach, the player and the parent, those lines of communication have to be open. They have to be clear. Um, you have to, you know, make sure that there's understanding on both sides. And so this whole idea of knowing how to communicate your needs and your child's needs clearly, and then teaching your child how to communicate those needs and advocate for himself are really, really important takeaways from this podcast, I believe. And whether it's a food allergy, whether it's an injury, whether it's an emotional issue, whatever it is, knowing how to communicate that and get the outcome that is necessary for your child's safety is at the crux of this conversation. So, and you know, a learning experience, right? Like, so he was in the little mo tournament when he was younger and I tried to communicate because especially there were kids there that didn't speak English and they had like bags of planters right in their hands. Sure. was going to be playing with them. So I tried to communicate this with the tournament director, but it was early on in, in our journey. And so what he took away with it is that I was so alarming that he made Josh wear white gloves, which <laughs> Josh was angry. It didn't help his tennis. Not that, you know, it, it just, it was. But also it makes him stand out, which yeah. no kid wants at that yeah. age, at any age, yeah. really. But yeah. he yeah. didn't want Josh to shake hands with anyone. And of course, Josh wanted to. I just wanted people to, before they, all I asked actually is before they played with him, we had wipes or mm-hmm. they could wash their hands, like mm-hmm. e- either way. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a I big also, ask. I also got like some scary advice from an older tennis mom years ago that said that her children had, were very highly competitive in the tennis world. And she said that actually when kids found out, they actually would eat peanuts on, on purpose before to try to psychologically And she actually told me, don't tell the tournament director (laughs) and don't, you know, that was her experience, but that has not been my experience. And I have have been honest and forthright. I mean, it was years ago. I'm hoping, you know, there's actually, I remember um, I was sitting upstairs, Josh was downstairs and there were a bunch of kids. It was a, it was a tournament. It was in between, in between Josh's matches and there was kids just hanging out and I was just. I don't know, just sitting there on my phone. And I heard one of Josh's friends say, yo, dude, you're playing Josh next and you're eating peanuts. You better go wash your hands. And like, and the kid went and did it. So like, I feel like the kids on the USTA circuit that we've come in contact with, certainly the Eastern division, but even when we played nationally, nobody wants to harm him. 
Well, they may want to harm him on the court, but they don't want to harm well, him. Yeah, medically, <laughs> yes. And and thank goodness. I'm really happy right. to hear right, that. Right. But that scared me in the beginning when she told me that. Of course you it know? did. That yeah. was her experience. So it's not, you know, it's not like she was making it up. Right, I mean, right. Sometimes she said people actually put it on their hands and then touch the ball. I mean, I, I, I can't go there. No, that's horrifying. It's real. And those kind of things do happen in the food allergy world. And the statistics bear that out. So I was frightened. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the advocacy, advocacy, gosh, um, that you're doing. And one of the things I found so interesting about your story is the parallels between what you're doing and how Parenting Aces got started. You know, there was something going on with your child. You needed information. You couldn't find the information. So you decided to gather it and start writing and putting it out there for the public. Tell me some of the things that you're doing on top of your website that are helping you cope with this yourself as a mom, but also helping others really understand the scope and the the danger of food allergies and the resources available to families to help manage these allergies. Well, I mean, you already touched on the writing. And so I I have written, I'm the airline correspondent now for Allergic Living Magazine, but I've also written on Huffington Post, Kevin MD and the Mighty, because I want the general public to also understand what what the challenges can be for um, living with a food allergy. But I also go around the world actually and speak at conferences on on very different issues. So this past weekend I was in Chicago and, and my first stop was the American College of Allergy, Asthma and Immunology. And I did a whole presentation on what's not in the emergency medical kits on airlines and why we should be concerned. And that's nothing to do with just allergies. There's medications missing, the FAA hasn't updated it. And it was it was a whole section on my advocacy and how I got the DOT to rule on pre-boarding and that. Then I switched over to FACES, which is a conference run by Ruchi Gupta out of Northwestern, and I shared travel tips. So kind of what you're asking me here, but Mm -hmm. I also um, shared travel hacks. So like I bring my own chocolate chips with me because that's never safe. And then we can order pancakes somewhere, which is usually safe and put them on. And he's, he's still happy. Uh, We always bring our own energy bars, how we never take airline food because no, again, the risk reward. So uh, one of the people in that lecture actually raised their hand. I, I think I was telling you about it. And she said that because of reading our hacks and what we do and, and Josh's success in tennis, she has now enrolled her children in tennis. And now they're competing in the USTA. And I just, I have to stop for a moment because like, that's why I do it. So right. other people can be inspired. Your food allergy, just like what I wanted to do when I walked off that plane, your food allergy is not going to stop you from achieving your life goal. Now, maybe you won't be able to play for the Navy or the Air Force because yesterday was June 15th and Josh started hearing from lots of colleges and, you know, he wrote them back a very nice letter saying, I I can't serve in the Navy and play for your team because I have a peanut allergy. So even making people aware of that, Mm -hmm. Josh knew, but I would say most people not most people, but a lot of people do not know that. So, well, and as I told you, I, I had never heard that. So let's, let's go back to that a second. 
what Leanne is saying, for those of you watching and listening, is if you have a peanut allergy or is it any food allergy, any food, any food allergy, you are prohibited from serving in the armed forces, which means that if you want to play Division One college tennis, the military academies are not an option for you. And that's a sad but real truth. And it's important that everybody is aware of that. I had no idea that that was a restriction. Yes. You and I were talking that I saw a D1 recruit for football sharing his anguish on, on Twitter because he went through the entire process, turned down all the other places. And when he got to the very last part, the physical and, and revealed his food allergy, he, he was told that everything was gone. So he had to start from scratch and we're talking, everyone's decided now, right. For this sure. year. So that, that was, you know, I read that and my heart broke for him. It, yeah. really, it really did because again, I guess they should know this, N- not the recruits, but the, right. the people recruiting, it should be a question. They ask you, do you have a food allergy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Before they, before they recruit you yeah. uh, for those, for those particular places. So, and you again, have to wonder, do the coaches even know, maybe they well, don't. I, well, none of them wrote back. They wrote back. Thank you. So, I mean, I think they, I think they just didn't think to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I college coaches. Don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Right. So an answer. Yeah. Let me just put it out there for the coaches, the tennis coaches at the military academies. Please ask your recruits if they have a food allergy before going too far down the path with these kids, yeah. because yeah. that's just, a, you know, that's a no go. And yeah. Um, yeah, no, no sense in wasting anyone's time or getting anyone's hopes up. So right. I, I, that just kind of blew my mind, honestly. I, like I, it never occurred to me that a food allergy would be a reason to not have the opportunity to play at a military academy, it makes sense when yeah, you understand what yeah. can happen. But yeah, it's just not something that ever occurred to me. Yeah. Um, I also want to go back to what you were saying about the the parent who came up to you after your talk and ended up putting her child in tennis as a result of hearing yours and Josh's experiences. Have you stayed in touch with her at all? It just happened. Oh, it just it happened. It just happened this past weekend. Like she had, but she had read my, my pieces years before I had never met her before. So, okay. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, there are definitely people who, like I said, I have 22,000 followers on Facebook. They're definitely people whose kids are playing tennis. I love and, that. And are inspired by what we're doing. And we definitely go back and forth. And I would say that Josh has like, when I ever, Whenever I post any of like his achievements, I mean he's got he's got an audience cheering him on that are just so excited. And a sure. lot of people say it gives them hope, especially for the high school tennis and and seeing how um, empathetic and aware the team and the coach have been. Like it really it gives people hope because there are situations out there, like I told you, where and sometimes I have to go back and say, I know you think it's my approach, but it's not necessarily so. There are just people out there that aren't educated as to what a food allergy is. And so they don't take any precautions. Mm-hmm. Even if a parent says this is like what, you know, th- there are some bullying situations there that are just so awful. 
Well, sure. But, you know, again, it helps, that, that, it helps to have the tools. I, I just yes. didn't want to blame the parent. Well, no, 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 no. And, and I think, again, you know, what's important to understand is there's an effective way to approach this issue and there's an ineffective way to approach the issue. And through your own trial and error, you have come to find a way that works in your family situation just like everything else in tennis, that's not one size fits all, of course. And everybody's got to figure out a way to manage these things in a manner that works for them. But I think it's really commendable that you have found a way to not only communicate yourself, but to teach Josh to advocate for himself and to communicate in a way that makes the people around him want to be helpful as, a, as opposed to being harmful. I thank you for saying that. I mean, I'm still thinking about our first out-of-state tournament in, in Florida, and um, he was like a last-minute entry. That the kids that he had played with in Florida before, um, the coach was like, "Oh, one of our kids dropped out. They're letting us substitute someone in. It wasn't a national tournament, obviously." And so, I wasn't prepared. And mm-hmm. how you and I talked about prepared. So, like, it was very last minute. I didn't even bring my wipes. I wasn't even thinking, you know, obviously we have the auto injector and um, Josh is. Um, so, so we get there It's early in the morning. It's Florida heat. He plays his first match. It goes really well. And everyone goes in, there's tennis going on inside, as you know, at all tournaments, like, yeah. you know, and everyone's, this is pre COVID cause it's years ago and everybody's around the couch and they've got this giant bowl of peanut M&Ms. Oh gosh. And every kid's hand is going into these M&Ms and then going like this, you know, like, yeah. you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. I mean, talk about panicked. I like grabbed Josh. I like pulled him out of the room. We went to Publix, we bought wipes and we sat in the car in between matches with the oh. air conditioning. Cause all I can think about is, all the cross-contamination that was just everywhere because mm-hmm. these are eight-year-olds, Yeah, you know, and it was one of the things I will say, um, Josh is the only person in the United States who has been on an FDA non-approved yet, but he's, he was in a clinical trial for something called the peanut patch. And so he wears a patch of peanut on his back every night. And for the three years that he was in the trial, the poor, not the poor child, but in order to get into a trial, you have to eat the food you're allergic to and have a reaction, which oh my gosh. And then every year you have to re-eat it to see if you've gotten any better. And for oh the my first gosh. year, we didn't even know if he got the real thing because that's how it. So sure. he did go into anaphylaxis the first year. He needed to use the EpiPen. Um, and by the end, his to- he still had a reaction, but his tolerance had improved so much so that we've been able to apply to the FDA for compassionate exception. And Josh has become an advocate talking to the FDA about approving this product, talking in front of like the company, um, DBV, the peanut patch maker, he's gone to their retreat and spoken to people and thanked them and tried to inspire people who are working on cures for kids with food allergies. So he's really learned to speak up in so many ways. And also I feel like on the court when he, when he, gets really tired or up against someone else and, and, and he gets up and he just keeps playing. I think part of that determination and grit is like, hell, I've done worse. I've eaten what's going to kill me, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've come back and I know how to use my auto injector and I know how to stand up for myself. So, you know, I'm going to push through this. So he's got yeah. a lot of grit. Yeah. And I, I, 
So it's the food allergy combined with his love of tennis. It's just been, and by the way, you and I discussed this. No one in my family plays tennis. Yeah. I mean, so like my older two, that's not the sports they did. My husband and I, you know, we don't play. He just picked up a racket when he was three and he never put it down. I love it. I love it. Well, tennis is a great sport and, you know, I'm a huge fan and and a huge participant in the sport myself, but this is a first for me. And, and I'm really, I've, I'm so grateful that we found each other on Twitter or I found you, I guess, but you had sent a tweet out to Martina Navratilova, I yeah. think that yeah. I saw and um, asking her, you know, for some support on this. And she I gladly gave and well, she's still giving like she thinks yeah. auto injectors should be on planes and yeah. kudos to Martina. I mean, and she, she well said like, I don't need an auto injector. No one in my family needs an auto injector, but they need to be on planes. It just makes sense. I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. but thank you for saying it, Martina, because you know, we don't often get that kind of outside support. Right. Right. And she is a huge advocate for all sorts of issues. And I, you know, kudos to you to for tweeting at her and understanding the reach that she has and the influence that she has, but you as well have built an incredible following and incredible audience. And I just wish you all future success on your advocacy work. Um, Only good things for Josh. May he stay healthy. May he continue to love the game. May he continue to pursue it. Good energy for uh, summer nationals. I have to move to Florida so that he can, uh, acclimate because you know one of the things one of the, the pitfalls we've found is because we don't homeschool <laughs> yeah. it's hard to acclimate to the different temperatures so we're, we're now that he's out of school we're gonna we're gonna pre pro, try to uh, pre-train in florida before summer nationals awesome and then awesome. Kalamazoo, obviously. yeah awesome awesome well yes sending him only good wishes and healthy vibes and um keep up the great work if my audience is interested in learning more about food allergies and the work you're doing, where can they find you? Um, my website is nonuttraveler.com. On Twitter, I'm at nonuttraveler. I would say that my biggest resource, though, is my Facebook page because we post all sorts of different scenarios and questions and, and information. So okay. I think that would be a great start. And, and, and anyone can message me either on Facebook or on Twitter or on LinkedIn. And I, I always respond. I always post other people's. I actually, the other day, someone um, asked me for a nut-free granola bar. Now we, we use a specific one. I got a list from, from asking these 22,000 people of all, I now have new protein bars to try for Josh because I didn't even know half of these existed. So yeah, we're, we're I think we're a good resource for any athlete. It doesn't just have to be tennis, but of, of course, course we're tennis we're tennis specific. Yeah, of course, of course. And crowdsourcing is an amazing tool as we find all the time at Parenting Aces. And so yes, all of the links to Leanne's website, her Twitter, her Facebook, her LinkedIn will be in the show notes on parentingaces.com. So if your child has a food allergy or if you are just interested in becoming an advocate for the children around your child that may have food allergies, please check out Leanne's resources educate yourself, educate your child on how to be a good friend and a good advocate for their friends. And um, 
yeah, I just, I'm so grateful to you, Leanne, for taking time to do the podcast and to help us better understand the challenges that some of the players out there are facing. And um, I, again, wishing you only success and Josh only success as Thank he you. strives to reach his goals. Thank you. And I'm so grateful that you as a person that's not in the food allergy world wants to take the time to help other people in the athletic world and beyond to become informed and educated and be a friend and a buddy and an advocate. It's, it's wonderful. And kudos to you. for that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us to my audience. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast for tennis parents by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at ParentingAces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.